Perfect. Yo, yo. Uh, so, good? we live. We live. Again. What episode number is this? Made in Trafford podcast episode 38. Yeah. Yo. 38. We're getting on a bit, aren't we? 38. Yes, sir. Guys. So happy to have Deji on today. Been trying to get this one for a minute, but, you know, COVID-19 tried to block it, but we said no. We'll find other ways, and that's what we've done. So happy to have you on. Thanks. So just let you start off by telling the people about yourself a bit so that, you know, they know who you is. Okay, cool. Hi, guys. My name is Deji Rachel. I'm a makeup artist. I'm based in Essex. Um... And I do weddings, occasions, um, photo shoots, video shoots, all that good jazz. I initially didn't see myself being a full-time makeup artist, but I did transition to being a full-time makeup artist in 2019, October. Um, And that was a very interesting transition, but we're here now and yeah, I'm having fun. Perfect. How did you actually get into it? Because I... It's a bit like all those, how people get into photography or something like that. What was the turning point for you that was like, yo, this is what I want to do? I get asked this so many times. um, And I actually love answering this question. So initially, like, since I was young, I was always into makeup, always feeling my mum's makeup, always, Mm. like, she was the type of mum saying, like, you can't just go out and buy your own foundation this young. And I really respected her. Um, so when I went to college, she was like, okay, you can buy your first foundation. And then, you know, it just went on to that. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. Went to uni now. And um, and initially, I wanted to start my own MAC lipstick collection. Because if you know about makeup, MAC lipsticks were the one back in mm. the day. So I was satisfied. I had about 10 different lipsticks. I was like, oh, my God, like, it can't just stop here. Anyway, forward now. Um, I was like doing makeup a lot on like Snapchat. Then somebody asked me, um, "Can I do makeup for their friend? They'll pay me." So I I didn't even know how much to charge. I didn't have a kit, so I charged them thirty pounds, including travel. And at the time, I was in Portsmouth, so I went all the way to, from Portsmouth to South London. Um, bear in mind, I, I practically used my own money to buy go into Superdrug and get the things I needed. And it wasn't mm. it wasn't like it wasn't all good stuff. Like, they weren't the best stuff, but I was too excited. And then from there, people just asked me to do their makeup. Um, I applied for a job, at, a job at MAC. And I absolutely, it's when I went to MAC, I absolutely love makeup. Like, I just knew that I wanted to do it. I wanted to pursue it. So I told myself when I was going to leave uni, I would pursue beauty. I wouldn't pursue my degree. Like, because if I'm going to do something as, it's not as, you know, the beauty industry is not, well, at the time, it was just on a come up. You know, if I'm mm. going to pursue beauty, I'm going to do it now. Like, I've always got my degree. I can always do something with it later. So I so I left uni now, got a job with NARS. I got promoted at NARS, and then I got a job at um, another makeup shop um, called Morphe. And then... It was. I, I just got to a point where I was just like, okay, I had different like job opportunities approach me in different, um, from different companies, different makeup companies, um, mm-hmm. and then I was at first I was like, yeah, 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 like I'll take it, and then I was just like, no, like I don't want to continue to be in this cycle because it was um, retail. I don't want to continue to be in the cycle, so I just thought, you know what, if there's a time I'm going to go freelance and work for myself, it's going to be now. So I basically just said, okay, let me do it. Like, I don't have much responsibilities. I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage to pay for. Let me see if I can put my name now. And if not, I still have like a backup plan. And it's it's worked out. What was it like working in some of those places? Because it's just interesting. Was you like the only black person there a lot of the time? And I know the experience in doing makeup for black people is completely different to the experience it is for other people and you know mm. your skin to- our skin tones and stuff like that so is that something you came across or and you learned from so working in all those different companies um if i'm honest with you the beauty industry in terms of, well i only worked in the retail sector i can't talk about corporate sector mm. but it is the one of the most diverse industries in my opinion so when I worked in MAC there was only like a small number of black girls and that wasn't because honestly it wasn't because um 
it wasn't because they didn't like black girls at all. I, I was really, I'm from the hiring manager and the area manager. It's just because the, in that, in that, um, how can I say, in those surroundings in Essex back in the time, there wasn't much black girls doing makeup like that or maybe applying for jobs like that. Do you understand? So yeah. there was black girls and there was um, other minorities as well. But um, I, would, I wouldn't say that, you know, it was, it was, I was just the only one and that goes to say when I worked in NARS I wasn't just the only one a black girl was um you know the senior makeup artist of of London do you know what I mean like it was one of those ones where as the beauty community grew and as more people started to apply and you know anyone got hired men got hired women females got hired um and when I worked in Morphe they 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 hired all types of people there as well you know um so I don't think there was like any type of segregation. But then again, I'm I was only in the retail sector. I wasn't in the corporate sector. So I can't mm. they, they're two different fields completely. So yeah. yeah. No, okay. Well I always one thing I like about people who do this, so the sort of uh, makeup and photography sort of side of things, especially with events, what's that, that been your craziest story or situation that you've been in where you just I don't know, this, that it's just for one reason or another, it was just a crazy day. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I would say, hmm, you, can I talk about like my client experience? Yeah, that's, that's what I was expecting, those juicy sort of stories. So I had a client once, this was my first, my first ever bride. And it really taught me that I need to lay, I need to not be scared of laying down my terms and conditions. Anyway, uh. first ever bride, yeah, did a trial with her, she loved it. And then obviously, um, I don't want to give too much information because she may be listening right now, but <sighs> loved it. Anyway, comes to the day, yeah, and she wants me to do like the maid of honor and other people's makeup. Um, uh. And she was like, she pointed to her, the, how she looked like in her trial, right? So she's like, I want you to do it like this. I was like, cool. So I did them first. And she was like, why do they look like me? Why are they going to look like how I'm going to look like? And bear in mind, in my head, I know they're not going to exactly look like that. She wouldn't talk. Like, she's like, why do they look like me? Number one, you told me that that's how you wanted them to look like. Mm. You know, when you don't have an answer, but are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, She's up there sitting. she's, She's sitting in the chair. And she's just been like throughout the whole makeup. She was like, um, "They can't look like me. They can't look like me. They can't look like me." And it was just going up and down and up and down. I spent much more longer there than I should have. Um, and it was just to be honest, that occasion. I even told myself that like, I, I don't think I'm going to do makeup again because the amount oh, of wow. yeah, like, I, and it was my first. Ever. Your brides be the worst, man. Is it you because know, like of the stress of the occasion? Do you think like you know it's a wedding and you know it's about them, so they get a bit. I think so, but also bridal makeup obviously costs relatively more than just your everyday makeup. So mm. I feel like maybe it's just the fact that it's the stress that maybe they're paying so much and maybe they're not, you're not meeting their expectations or your service not meeting their expectations. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Some are stressed, but one thing, the majority of my brides, they are so lovely because we have to have a mutual understanding before the service commences. So if we mm. both have a mutual understanding, if we both understand the terms and conditions and we're both on one accord, there shouldn't really be a reason, unless you're proper stressed out, but there shouldn't be a reason why you're not happy in the service because everything I stated is what you're going to get. Do you understand? Mm. Um, but yeah, brides, brides, I've heard of, of some horrible bridal stories, but thank God that mine was not too bad. Yeah, see, bridezilla is a term for a reason, man. Because <laughs> I don't even know what that is, especially when the trial went well. Like, that doesn't, how she's come to that conclusion doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. It's the fact that she said, I want them to look like this. I was like, mm, okay. Like, but I've really learned that, like, if I have an opinion, I should speak it out. Do you know mm. what I mean? In my head, I was just like, Are you sure? Just like that. But I was just like, You know what? What she wants, she's going to get. Like, as a makeup artist, they trust your judgment as well. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to what, like, how can I explain it? Um, even similar to what my sister experiences in photography. Mm. And, like, it, you have, you, the, the more you go about it and the longer in it, 
the longer you're in it, it's but you learn certain things and there's certain things you won't put up with and you you won't feel comfortable with or agree with. So I, I get that. That does make sense that that's something you come to learn over your time during makeup. Yeah, certainly. I mean, is there any other lessons you've learned go whilst you I've learned don't let no one take you for a mug, like literally. Like um all because you work for yourself, all because I work for myself and I'm a certain age, it doesn't mean that I can give people license to push me around. Like I should I should be able to stand my own ground, but in a very polite manner, in a very professional manner. Do you mm. understand? So for mm. instance, I had a lady who texted me saying that, oh, she got recommended by a stylist. I was like, okay, amazing. And then she asked me how much I'm going to charge. Bear out, I live in Essex. She wanted me to come to the other side of London. Like, I think even further than West London. Mm. And um, I told her the price and everything like that. And she said, well, I'm not going to pay you this much because my usual makeup artist is not free. I was thinking but you know you came and asked me and you came to me mm. so like I think when I was starting off I would have been like okay I can meet you in the middle but I just had to stand my ground and say unfortunately it's not fair to my other clients if I if I you know reduce the price this is how much I charge xyz and I just stuck to it mm. and so with me one of the lessons I've learned is just is stick to stick to what you believe in yourself do you know what I mean don't sell yourself mm. too short at all if you believe you're worth this much stand by you you know the right people will come and book you do you understand long story short with that lady i told her no like period and she came back she said she's going to think about it i think about 20 minutes later she booked me do you know what i mean so, <laughs> are you are we really going to go through all this oh, yeah it's just a negotiation tactic yeah, yeah. i hear that the thing because is, a I- lot of people would do it like even i would do it but i mean <laughs> negotiation tactic I, I get it, but I, if the price is the price and you really need it, you get it. If you don't have the money, then you don't have the money. But mm-hmm. if you do and you just want it to be a bit cheeky, then mm-hmm. I get it. Don't get me wrong. There's people that tell me, especially when it comes to bridal makeup, like there's people that ask me, okay, like how, how in what ways can we reduce the cost? Do you understand? Um, mm-hmm. That's quite rare, actually. And it depends on how you, how you approach the situation. But for you to tell me, no, I am not going to pay you this much. It's almost like saying, I don't think you're this um, worth this much. I think you're worth this much. And, you know, we can't dictate our work. Our work cannot be dictated in the hands of somebody else. Like, if I believe I'm this much and I'm, I'm working towards this standard then this is what I'm going to stick to. Do you know what I mean? And to be honest, there's much, even the price I charge is much more expensive makeup artists. And at the end of the day, if you were to go to those people, because they have a higher following, if they told you their price, she would not have said, no, I'm not going to pay you that. Do you understand? Mm. A lot of people look at your following and they're just like, okay, like I can talk to you anyhow. But if it was like somebody with thousands of followers, I know this for a fact, they would not have spoken to that person that way. Do you get, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you think it's like a, um, a like a black business issue because you you know you're you're running your own independent black business and sometimes when people compare like an established brand to you know somebody who's actually doing it themselves they feel like they can potentially get away with asking for a discount or maybe trying to get more out of them. Do you feel like that's a direct you know issue as far as that situation? Hundred percent. Mm so much like i have met strangers that want discount and they tell me come on i'm your sister now i'm your sister mm. it's only in the black community it's only black community. yes we are sisters but sisters support each other do you get what i'm saying yeah. back each other up sisters um want to see each other strive you know um is I, I do think it's something within um the black community that they just expect a discount you know i think that I've, I also had a customer that said, um, why do you charge this much? I remember just thinking, you know what, when I get there, I'm going to show you how, why I charge this much. much. Oh, so I got there and she was amazed. Like she didn't think that I was like, I was coming to bring service. She didn't think that I was coming to bring artistry. She thought I was just going to come to her house with a little bag, do her makeup. She even told me her experiences with other makeup artists. That's why she was so shocked. Oh, um, so I think it goes hand in hand. I think it goes, okay, maybe black people see other black people and they're just like yeah this is a side hustle this is something they do on the side don't take it seriously but it's you know seriously or on the other side um it may be um the service 
that we have been given in the past because when I heard that the, the service that the lady had before previously with other makeup artists you know that's not that's not cool like yeah. that's not cool at all but obviously that lady has only gone to a black makeup artist she wouldn't go to a white makeup artist so yeah. I don't know how it is on their side I don't know how it is on other races side but surely but surely like I think it's more of you know black people thinking that you know we can get a discount here and there um mm. just a little business especially if it's not like accredited something like accounting or something like legal services or something to do with property do you understand it's just makeup mm. so they don't see the they don't really see the fullest value of it do you get what i'm saying yeah yeah and i think sometimes as well it's like um if it's like family members for example you're 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 at a young age it's like oh yeah yeah it's um sister's daughter that's going to come and do my makeup why is she going to be charging me this much like with, with mm. family stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. I, I understand it but mm. it's like no i've got to make a living and you understand that this is the service you're asking for you've asked the best person to come through somebody who's family at the same time someone who can do this in a, at a professional level mm. um yeah mm. don't you low-key be the worst for that sometimes it's church like they'll be saying, oh, uh, you know, you've got a talent or something, and they'll be like, can you do a discount for the church? I've just noticed it, but it's it's something that is quite an issue within our culture and our way of life. It's something we need to get rid of um, mm. because you do put people off, probably trying to do work that they would have done. So it's interesting that that's come up. But yeah. I can agree more. And I feel like it's more within the older generation. I don't find it in our generation or you know people that be older than us. That's true. Yeah definitely the older generation because the newer generation now have the mentality a lot of us have the mentality of supporting each other to the fullest 100 friends will book me and they will pay for my services without asking for any discount do you get what i'm saying mm. so i think it's definitely like an older generation kind of thing yeah. Um, yeah. you wouldn't dare you wouldn't dare try it nowadays especially with someone in your own age group that that's crazy to me to think uh, how can i get a discount from this yeah. Pay, pay the Back price, man. For real. Pay the good. damn price. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um I guess moving on, um going into the protests are still carrying on. Uh Black Lives Matter is still a prominent issue. Uh nearly I wanna say two weeks on now from when everything first started. So we saw protests happen in London yesterday. Um in fact, even going back to earlier this week with uh, John Boyega's uh, inspirational speech. It's just been a crazy few days. How's everyone feeling about it? It's a lot. It's um, a lot. I'm very proud of our generation for standing up for something that they believe in. Um, mm. I feel like it's a new, it's a, it's an interesting time because um, it's, it's hard on to unpack because obviously with everything going on right now you know, in the middle of a massive pandemic, people are, you know, saying that it's not the appropriate time to be protesting. But I feel like it's just a testament to show how bad and how much we've got with that people are actually willing to, you know, put themselves in the firing line. So it's, it's a lot, man. Personally, I feel like I'm with it. I'm, 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 I'm with people protesting. I'm with people standing up for it. Because if we, you know, we sit back and we pretend like nothing's going on, we're just being as complicit. So, mm. stand um, for nothing or don't stand for anything at all, and that's so important and so true. It's just crazy how, you know, people are just not willing to rest, and that's good. They're they're putting their foot on the necks. It's just to me, what's crazy is how much people are like trying to explain themselves, and people just aren't getting it, which is. What I found the craziest about it all was the fact that people are being like, this is why we feel this way. And for whatever reason, it's going in one ear and out the other. Like, they're having a rebuttal to people trying to fix racism. Like, that's crazy to me. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Personally, I am extremely, extremely proud of the Black community as a whole. I have never in my life seen the amount of unity um shown 
within um black society than i have to this day I've, I've seen like we stick together don't get me wrong but we've really shown the world that we can really stick together and that we do mm. uh, blackout tuesday was amazing you know i i follow so many people especially cre- um, creation content um people that make content um people that do videography photography you know all that jazz and literally on tuesday there was nothing to see because everything i just saw black 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 and i just i was so proud like i'm so proud to be black i'm so happy to be black but you know we really made noise we really got the attention of the whole world you know they said that um this movement was the biggest movement in the in history um yeah. in that a couple of times um in terms of protesting of obviously in the pandemic i just go back to um colin's point you know yes people be questioning is this is the appropriate time but the fact that people thousands and thousands of people all over the world are protesting in the middle of a pandemic you know that we've had enough you know that we've hit rock bottom and it's not just black people protesting it's white people it's asian people it's people from different backgrounds people from different um how can i say people from different states of the economy like it's i think it's 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 been a real eye-opener um and i think i'm just i'm personally really really proud like it's unfortunate that it, it came to the point where another black man died at the hands of a white man but enough is enough do you get what i'm saying like enough is actually enough so yeah mm. no i i completely agree it's just and people going above and beyond like i can't praise john Boyega enough for speaking out and uh doing everything he did and saying what he did and even to the point that you know maybe he's worried about putting his career on the line but at a time like this sometimes you do have to say you know forget that like that's just not what's important right now and actually standing up for the things that are important and what means something to you you know we've seen our generation really stand up and it was a proud moment um and for the most part they have been peaceful and you're going to see it how the media is going to spin it that it's one thing when it wasn't like that whole thing with um traffic light and the the police officer on the horse like they're gonna try and spin it in a negative way but for the most part we've been peaceful and we've gone out there and we we've made people listen which is the most important thing but yeah it's just been it's been crazy to see how it's gone from one point and just spiraled and like you said i think all 50 states in the u.s have been involved that's crazy. When has that ever happened? Like there's certain states where I don't even think they'll feel like this is their issue, but they've stood up and been counted. It's just people need to carry on. We just hope that it doesn't end there. Mm. I hope but so. Yeah, I, I need to, because that's that's the concern. I guess that people, these sort of movements can sort of filter out or die out, but this doesn't look like it's losing steam. If anything, it's just carrying on and picking up steam if anything hmm. Iman, what are you saying on this i have pretty much the same thing as you guys you know i'm very happy to hmm. see what's happened um for the peaceful protest people actually waking up and seeing all right cool we do need to stick together we do need to create a plan and then also with uh, companies actually putting money aside to uh, help these um, charity institutes uh, for black mm. progression. So that's, that's all I can say. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like my only um, criticism is, so with the Blackout Tuesday thing, I feel like it was a good idea, but it wasn't good execution. Mm. And I say that because, I mean, I feel like it came from a really good place. I feel like, uh, I think it was two black women in the music industry who started it which is really good. And obviously it caught on everywhere outside of the industry as well. But mm. from what I could see from like a, a bird's eye view was, I feel like it gave people an, a chance to attach themselves to the cause, but not actually be about the cause. Mm. And I say that by saying it's very easy to go onto Google and post a, you know, get a black background and put it on your Instagram. But it's also... I feel like it could have been done in a way where, okay, let's show black content on this Tuesday. So everything that, you know, every like black makeup artist, you know, every black podcast, you know, every black TV show, you know, every black, 
YouTuber that you know post it on Tuesday as opposed to blacking stuff out because number one, it is screwed up the Black um, Lives Matter uh, hashtag for a bit. Mm. And two, I just felt like people, I feel like I saw a lot of people who haven't posted anything or even done anything to contribute to it just now post a black screen. Yeah. And to me, I, I get just, what you mean. It made me a bit, it made me a bit mad in that respect. I get what you're saying because I, I don't think it's a shame because. I think everyone was, like you said, they had good intentions, but I don't think they knew what to do once they'd posted it. So it was the whole idea was that, you know, you're supposed to go and sign the petitions or donate and actually, you know, find ways in which you can help. Whereas I think a lot of people just posted the black box and thought, oh, that's, that's done. But I think it was, you was also supposed to go out and educate yourself and try and find ways in which you can help the cause if you, you know, you do believe in it. Mm. Um, so it's a shame that that didn't that message didn't get out really. I don't know why not. Um, I guess people just didn't know. That was that's the problem there. People didn't know, and that's what that's what it was there to it was created to do. Yeah, I know. Like the the idea was really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna sit here and criticize it. The mm. the concept was good, but I just feel like it was a bit misplaced. Because if you really want to cause a blackout in the music industry in particular, you gotta say you gotta put that on Friday because Friday is when everybody puts out their new music. You tell the mm. labels, you tell the artists, nobody put nothing out on, on a Friday. So in my mind, I was a bit frustrated, not with them, but with how people perceived it. But, you know, it's just, a, it's a minor criticism as far as everything goes, because there was a lot of uh, good that came out this week compared to the bad. Yeah. So, you know, that's I agree. What I wanted to say. I just, yeah. I think going forward, that, but it goes back to what Iman said last week, like, Okay, the process, the protesting is good, and we're being heard. But when you have the spotlight, it's also important to to have a plan. Like we need a plan now. What is it exactly that we want? You know, people are asking for police reform or just a pure abolishment of the police. But what are we going to do? How are we going to go about it? Like, what's the changes we want to see within our communities and our societies going forward? So it's, that's what I would like to see. That's the next step. People actually saying, you know, this is the changes we'd like to see from our government and from the people in charge. And it's just, I guess we also need leaders to step up and be like, yo, this is what we want as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because um, it's, all, it's all good until, it's, it's all good until what's it? The next two weeks, we'll see what happens. Um, hmm. Because what's most likely going to happen is that everyone's going to go quiet. The great thing about these protests is that it it awakens, or it's a catalyst for people to actually know, study, um, know and understand what sort of pain we're actually going through um, in terms mm. of just being black. But as I said last week, if there is no if there is no actual plan, if there is no actual demand for exactly what we want then all of this is in vain. Mm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say. I mean, I mean, in the beauty community, there is a movement going on called Pull Up or Shut Up. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, Jackie, what's her name? Jackie Einar promoted it, but initially mm. was the founder of Uoma Beauty. She's Nigerian, um, who came up with it. And it's basically telling all these beauty companies to state the amount of um, black people, not just ethnic minority, black people um, that work in their corporate sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually a page for it. And a lot of a lot of brands did acknowledge that not enough black people work in their corporate mm-hmm. sectors. Um, and it's made them to realize, okay, there's actually a problem here. Um, and now they've committed on working on it. They've committed, yeah. they've recognised that they've, there's a problem and they've committed on doing better. And we're not just talking about, um, because a lot of, of organisations just want to categorise it as BAME. No, they're, they're specifically identifying black people. And there's some brands yeah. that have not participated. And if you go on the comment sen- section, people are saying, what, where are your stats? Where are your stats? Where are your stats? Um, so it's kind of forcing them to, you know, acknowledge there's a problem. There's yeah. some companies they i know for a fact they don't have one black person working in their corporate sector and does that mean it does that mean black people do not go for the job no it doesn't they definitely do they definitely do we like we definitely do but it's the fact that 
there's purely none that are hired and those are the mm. people that cannot come out they've put a statement out but they have not put the stats and it's it's shameful do you understand so um yeah. and so it's forcing change it's forcing that recognition um so i hope it um i hope it makes opportunities to black people available do you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. The day, how are we supposed to progress how are we supposed to um go up you know when people are shutting us down because of the color of our skin, you know, we're making our own companies. But these companies that are racist, they need to really acknowledge that there is something wrong here. Do you know what I mean? So that's an active change that's going on within the beauty community. And I actually hope that it's like that forever. Do you think yeah. there's, do, is there still more progress to be done as far as like products and stuff? Because I know a lot of companies like have actually committed themselves to, you know, making their ranges more accessible for all girls of different skin tones, especially for black girls. Like, I think Fenty do a good job of it. I, mean, I, I wouldn't know myself personally, but do you know if there's any, like, companies out there maybe that need to, you know, get their act together a bit still? I think within the beauty community, there are more companies that still need to get their act together than, there's, than companies that have their act together. When right. Fenty Beauty mm. first launched, um, they launched, I believe... As they launched in 2018, I believe, mm. and they launched with 40 different shades of foundation, ranging from the lightest of the light to the darkest of the dark, and no company had ever done that before. Yeah. No company had ever, especially for the first launch, that means they've pumped a lot of money into it to appeal to all spectrums. Do you understand? Yeah. It was a big risk, because a lot of companies will say that black people don't buy our brand. But how can black people buy your brand if you don't sell for their colour? It doesn't exactly. make sense. Exactly. So pumped in so much money, not even from the money they had made. They mm. just literally said, okay, we're going to do this. And they, I think Fenty Beauty changed, changed the game. If okay. I'm mm. Because next thing you know, other makeup brands are extending their foundation line and giving us more option. Another brand that was really, really good at um, color spectrum was Mac. Mm. Um, and that was the only company that was really doing it for dark skin ladies. It's just that the, the, their products wasn't appealing to everybody in terms of formula, but they were, they really had a good range for dark skin ladies. Um, and that's why Mac was doing so well for so long because mm. no other companies was catering to, to the deeper deeper range of ladies do you get what i'm saying mm. so when fenty beauty came all the table shook for all the companies the table shook everybody was running there um but i do think even saying that we're in 2020 now and i'm still seeing let's say 18 shades that are good for light to medium but medium to dark i'm seeing three mm. and it's that real tom mm. ford put out a campaign last year for their new foundation and it was about 24 foundations and you just see one dark foundation in the middle it was terrible like it yeah. was like, they had to delete the um the the whole imagery yeah. um, so I, I i think it's terrible um i think the excuse we're still hearing nowadays is terrible that there's not enough black people buying our products so we can't cater to them well if you need it then I, we'll buy it I, th I think what's what is happening right now is that there are black companies such as Fenty. There are black companies out there who are doing this, who are seeing the mistakes of these these other companies. Because you can't be you can't be operational for all these years and then not really cater towards black people. Mm. So then I think what they've now done is like said, okay, cool. If that's your if that's your stance, we'll set up our own companies. And then even before Fenty, I know there was one, I think there was one lady, she was, she, she had a business and she says, I'm catering towards darker skinned women. And she was doing well, she was flourishing. And I think that's what's going to happen in the next few, few years. I mean, if they don't step up and really fix up, then, I mean, they're, they're going to be gone with the wind. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, we're dealing with, of course we're dealing with something now, but I mean, if, if you turn around and say that black people are not really, really wearing makeup, and then there's a company like Fenty who is now about to become, you know, a billion dollar company if they're not right now, then it should, I mean, it should click in your head and say, okay, cool, we need to do something. 100%. But, yeah. Um, yeah. The room has been shaken. Jackie had her foot on her neck this week, so that was really interesting to see. But these companies just, these companies just got to read the room, Demi. Do you know what I mean? 
<laughs> there's too many examples of like being on Twitter and then a company saying something and it's like this you like so many companies have failed in the past it's crazy this you the best man I love this, that this you the best man even things that you love like for you know growing up I was really into WWE but they've had examples of horrible storylines that have been racist so mm. I think everyone like you said needs to read the room like just 100% companies just need to do better you know I think so that we're going to forgive them or forget their past, but now is the time to reflect and learn from what's happened and being and you know going forward, catering to everyone's needs and looking at even a brand like Fenty as an example of the direction people should go in. Mm. Absolutely. All right. So I just wanted to talk to you guys because I know Iman brought up yesterday um, Facebook being the worst. Like it's just oh. a bit of a hellhole at the moment for lack of a better word with people going at each other and it's a it's a it's a particular type of people as well who are just not listening um Iman tell them about your disdain for Facebook at the moment are you even going on it or are you just you already I have know not been on Facebook on the only time I go on Facebook is to post my videos on YouTube that's it but mm. as far as far as I, I know Twitter's for like the younger generation, our generation. Mm. And Facebook is for the older generation, bro. Like mm. people from their 40 and onwards, they are on <laughs> Facebook. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. And it's those sort of ideologies that are consistent in mm. Facebook. I mean, even even with like the uh I'm 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 not hundred percent sharp on politics, but with Jeremy Corbyn's situation, you know. And the Boris Johnson, when it when it came to elections, a lot of people were just throwing mad shade at um, Jerry Corbyn. It was like, oh, I, I didn't really know anything about that. And the same thing for Boris Johnson. I mean, you could speak about Boris Johnson for time. We even made a podcast, Boris is Blonde. Mm. But Basically, the amount of shade they were throwing at him, and even when it comes to like Muslims, like mm. <laughs> it's they like you could just you could you could post one picture and everybody will find a way to come and post something on that picture saying this Muslim, this, this, that, he's a terrorist, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's okay. Like, even if that might be your boy, but what had happened recently is that um, a friend from work, he's a fairly old individual and he posted a picture. He's very understanding about uh, the pain of black people and what we had to struggle for, uh, to struggle uh, to get to this point in our lives. So mm. he posted up a picture about uh, a black man and a baby girl on his shoulders, and then there's the there's the there's a there's a police officer putting a gun in the face, mm. and we just see like a, a bunch of comments where it's just like it's inappropriate. Mm. It's like oh well, why is he going to the right? Why is he going to the to to the riots with his daughter? Or maybe she, <laughs> she's going to be the one to carry the TV. Uh, this this <laughs> and that, and it's like. Personally, I don't have time for that sort of energy because I know personally what I need to do to empower my people. I know what I need to do. I see the full image and the full scope and the spectrum of everything that's going on currently at the moment. But I know what I need to do. So when it comes to like those sort of comments, it's like I, I expected it from you. And it's someone I know and it's someone I thought back in the day, I thought, you know what, you might be racist. But... It's I just brushed it to the side and then now it's your Facebook is the king it's confirmed that, hey I've been, it's confirmed. Un- I've been in an un- unfriending spree every time I go in there the past two days bro like I'm seeing people's confirmed. true colours the past few days it's, it's like when you in school you kind of feel hey, yo them man might roll like that and then mm. you, this is the time where they be saying silly things and then and then, like, and then even with the like discussion of like uh, someone at my workplace if he's watching this you know who you are it was like Oh yeah, people going out there doing the Black People Matter stuff. It was like it's Black Lives Matter, and then from then he just went on a massive run. It's like yeah, but you guys robbing TVs, you guys are out here in London shooting, stabbing each other. No, 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 no. I said, is that everybody? Is that me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it, it, it was like, well, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. You're just putting an image upon people just because you want to. You're not really doing the research, are you? It's like, well, yeah. uh, so yeah, shout out to him though. 
it kind of goes back to what the media is also feeding us as well because when it comes to black crime oh my goodness it is everywhere um, it is on every newspaper but people are not like as compared to you know white crime you know there's a lot of i think there's like a really really horrible gang in glasgow and they they kill people like they kill off people that, that that's not really high, highlighted in the media is it mm. i mentioned that when he discussed about black people killing each other, stabbing each other, I mentioned the people in Glasgow. Like, and, he, and he just didn't know. He says, oh, I don't know about them. I was like, well, they're not being told about. Exactly. And it's just like a lack of, lack of understanding. Like, you're not... And it's like, the media don't tell that. It's like, they get all their money. They get all their, their inter, you know, entertainment from highlighting the failures of black people. Highlighting where we've slipped up. You know, we, we nowhere have we claimed to be perfect. Mm. But, they definitely, definitely profit off where we fall short or where we, where we maybe um, have weaknesses. And I think that's disgusting because when it comes to white people, like they don't highlight it as much or they'll put a nice fancy title on it. Why? Yeah, exactly. Like, why? Like it's disgusting, absolutely horrible. It's the Facebook thing, Demi, is more so a demographic thing though. And like a certain, I can't really say about becoming coming across through but you know what i'm trying to say like you'll you will find a certain demo there and they have their own community so it's very hard to articulate our struggle to these people because they essentially buy the propaganda that we're trying to, to yeah they don't down. but it's you know what's just crazy to me is the fact that we can it's like this is the way it is this is how life is hmm. for us this is why we're protesting like you explain it to them and it's just like Yo, racism is bad. We're just trying to either make the positive change or somehow do something positive. And then there's a rebuttal. How can you have a rebuttal to racism? Right? It, it's ignorance, man. And it's there's they have certain weaknesses that they don't they don't stand for. Like mm. it's it's either the weather or it's patriotism. I keep telling you those two things. If you attack the weather or if you attack attack patriotism, you're in big trouble. Because when a lot of the arguments were about the um, the World War uh, uh, thing got vandalized, so to speak, mm. and um, like it's that's what is fueling a lot of people's anger of people, you know, essentially going out and protesting. And don't get me wrong, of course, this country fought a good cause. I'm not going to say it was a good thing to do, but you've got to look at things in the grand scheme of things. The people who vandalized that thing. Are, are people who are not there to protest. They're just people there to cause disruption. The 99.9% of people out there actually protesting are not doing anything violent at all. It's also yeah. with the horse situation, you know. People, we heard that oh, the people protesting sparked the violence in order for the horse to get let loose. When we saw the footage, that was not the case. No. <laughs> Eman, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was not the case. The, the horse... That lamp that 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 said black lives matter, man. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said he was running to the Lloyd's advert. I was crying. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? It's just, it's just media manipulation. So, mm. And they fall for it every time. So there's no point going to Facebook with your, your arguments because they're not going to buy yeah. it. No, so, I hear that. It's crazy, man. <laughs> E-man, are you right over there? No, I don't think... <laughs> 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 hey, we shouldn't laugh, but he was seeing stars when he touched the ground. <laughs> that, that, looked, that looked dangerous, man. He was in the crowd just like... I hope the bread's all right, but he doesn't look it. Right. Yeah, I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, me, oh. media, media manipulation, bro. It's 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 in full effect. Even like <laughs> lend to the topic you wrote down of um, Madeleine McCann. Like mm. you know, who, sorry, man. Who really? I mean, this is she's gone, fam. She's not to be disrespectful, but bro, like there's so many people that are disappearing. And nobody gives a damn about them. And then all of a sudden, she pops up. It's like, fam, she's been gone from 07. Like, really and truly, when is she coming back, bro? It's either, it's either they found her, and all the information was on Instagram, about her being um, 18, and she's now been like a, a sex slave to one billionaire in the United States, so on and so forth. Or she's actually dead. Like, 
But they just keep bringing it up at weird times. Like, there was no need to bring that up. And apparently that story is old as well. So they've had that suspect since last year and they just wanted to bring it to the forefront now to... It's like... To the shop, man. They didn't even give up. It's, it's done. They're just getting lazy with it. Not them. to be disrespectful to, to Miley McCann and the family, but it's like... Honestly, you see what's going on and then now you just found something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just That's pull it out. It. Like, yo, we found we found Malin McCann's suspect driver. This, this, and that. It's like, really. Mm. The only thing I will say is it's kind of good because a lot of their tactics that they would have tried before, they just ain't working, or we're too wise for it now. So, a lot of their tactics, the New Year's tactics that I think we would have fallen to before, yeah, it's kind of like, nah, we're on to you, like. I'm not believing that. We're not believing that. So I think it, it's good. Like that, something as blatant as that Madeleine McCann stuff was painful to watch. And then trying to make it front page news. It's perfect. Come on, my guy. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But I think we've covered everything we wanted to. So I think the last one was just uh, mental health. Quickly, just to see. Oh how yes, of course. Everyone's holding up in these times. Yeah. Javel mentioned that yesterday on his uh, on the live on the live stream. Uh, we we're doing a talent show for the uh, it was just the MIC live thing, and Javel he definitely mentioned that like I hope everybody's mental health is okay, and mm. it's it's very important to to make sure that everyone is mentally okay. Right now I'm back to work. I've been back to work for like the past three weeks, um, but what I can say is like coming back to work. You know, coming back to work and then just doing what you need to do is calm. But, you know, the time that on furlough, just relaxing, just doing what you want to do, learning new skill sets is really nice. But mm. I think right now, where everyone's heart is heavy, you know, and not everybody shares the same opinion as you. It's, I don't want to say it's tormenting, but it's it's challenging. Mm. I agree, bro. I definitely agree. Yeah. So I for me, it's, it's pretty much challenging. Yeah, that's what I can I think say. the most difficult thing for me is just uh, our plight being so simple. Like, this is our... It's what I've been going on about, I guess. Um, but it's... We just want this one thing and people just not getting it for whatever reason um, and trying to explain it to them and them still not getting it. Uh, I think that's what I've struggled with the most, really. Um, and then seeing it, people really laying out clear arguments as to why this is what we want and this is how our life has been for generations and we just want to see change and people just not getting it and coming with rebuttals that are just stupid there's no way to put it they're just stupid so yeah and I guess the longer it goes on it will be frustrating but it's a necessary fight this one that has to be made 100% I'd say similar Similar to yours. I think, if anything, it's seeing it that's getting to me a bit. I think, um, I, think I need to... So I've taken, a, I've taken a week off of work. Ironically, I was supposed to go away next mm. week, but obviously I can't go nowhere because of COVID. So I'm just taking a week off anyway. Um, and I think I'm just going to delete socials for the week just to see how I feel. Because yeah. there's just... There's too much, you know what I'm saying? They get to a point mm. where there's too much. And I think I just need to disconnect for a bit and see how I feel this time next week because there's every day there's somebody else that's been killed every day there's yeah. somebody else with an awful opinion on it so I think instead of working myself up, up over it let me just disconnect for a bit yeah. um, I personally think that I, I really agree with um, Collins about disconnecting from social media my one is just hard because I get like inquiries on social media as well yeah like in terms of the things that you see every day and the different stories you hear, like with me, I've always been, my heart has always been um, against racism, against all these things that are going on. And you know that, that Netflix, it was on Netflix uh, when they see us mm-hmm. last year. I remember I was so angry, everything under the sun. And now hearing all these other stories, because I've been hearing these stories, seeing them come to light and still people have their same opinions they still have their same you know racist systematic way of thinking after yeah. these stories like how can it it, it it makes me so mad that like, it makes me 
it makes me concerned and yeah it's it's getting overwhelming but one thing that i'm clinging on to is that this change it may not even if it hasn't affected um a lot of people now i hope it affects people in the future i hope it get jobs i hope it affects how people communicate with each other i hope there is some type of law that comes out um against against these things and they actually stick by it especially in america i hope some type of law is made for police officers or against police officers that kill um that kill that kill um based on race or whatever um because one of the biggest problems is th- the fact that things are not being done mm. so I just mm. things out will start to be done yeah god willing man. i agree god willing all right so Deji, tell the people where they can find you online, all your socials, um, and how they can get in contact with you. So my main social is actually just Instagram. You can find me at Deji Rachel, D-E-J-I-R-A-C-H-E-L underscore. Um, and you can email me. My email will be in my bio as well. So that's DejiRachel at gmail.com. And yeah, I should really get Twitter, but I don't have Twitter at the moment. But. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> all right well thank you for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you thank you um, oh, yeah it's been great it was a good chat it was it was really nice talking with you guys i really enjoyed this conversation perfect just thank one question you. what school did you go to you went william edwards isn't it yeah i went william edwards okay it was it was playing in my mind because i was like we had Gemma on recently um and then she said there was only two black girls in William Edwards at the time, or there wasn't a lot of you. So I was like, who was the other one? And then I thought, it must have been you. Yeah, there was only two, just me and wow, her. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> you don't really deep it because, I don't know, you're just so used to that kind of lifestyle. Do you understand? Yeah, 100%. You don't really deep it. And then mm. in the whole school in the whole school there was enough of us there was enough black girls for us to just be in one group mm. and I think mm. like six of us and that's the it, throughout the whole years that's G- insane so yeah it was crazy all the time but I, that's why <laughs> that's why I hope that you will come in good mm. yeah alright well it's been a pleasure um, everyone else I'll see you guys soon cool until next time lads. until next time <laughs>